0: believe in yourself, believe in your passion. If you believe in your passion and you look at everything with a positive outlook, positive good things come out of it.
1: Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Mike Flynn. And if you're just joining us, the mission of my podcast is twofold, to guide you to an encounter with your own potential and greatness and to show you it is possible to leverage who you were made to be into a business or a platform that impacts the lives of others and helps you design the life that you want. My guests are entrepreneurs and leaders who have had what I refer to as an impact moment and are using their platform to have a game-changing impact in the lives of others. And each guest is part of a series such as leadership mindset, happiness, or in this case, the comeback. We are fascinated by the comeback, whether it is a video of college athlete tripping on the track, getting back up and sprinting to the finish line for the win, or the underdog hockey team winning the big game when no one believed in them, or even an entrepreneur failing completely and then getting back up and going on to even higher levels of success and fulfillment. There are a few things in life that are universally true, but regardless of race, religion, or nationality, we love to celebrate people overcoming adversity and shutting down the naysayers. We love to see people bounce back and crush obstacles, face seemingly insurmountable odds head-on, and watch how a commitment to their vision, purpose, or mission propels them on to success after success. My hope is that the guests you will hear from these next few weeks will provide insights into what you are capable of achieving and remind you that the human spirit is powerful enough to overcome nearly any obstacle put in its path. Next up in the Comeback Series is Cindy Boosenhart. Cindy is a serial entrepreneur and has been a founder or CEO of multiple action sport And lifestyle brand companies, including the legendary snowboard and skateboard brand Sessions, and most recently, Merge 4, a killer new sock company designed to withstand the punishment that action-oriented people inflict on their socks. Not only is Cindy an incredible leader, she is an incredibly generous leader. Community involvement includes founder and chair of the Tim Brock Foundation, a nonprofit organization that supports skateboard and park development and athletic scholarships. She's the former director of Santa Cruz Ballet Theater and former committee member of the Tannery Arts Center and former member of the Red Cross of Santa Cruz, etc., etc., etc. And all this being said, Cindy knows what it takes and what it's like to get knocked down, stare adversity in the face, and she knows precisely what is required to mount a comeback. One of the most profound recipes she shared for a successful comeback is this. You have to give back to come back. So bust out your pens and paper, take some notes, and brace for impact. Cindy Boosenhart, welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. I am really excited to have you.
0: So great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. You know, I always start things off with the same three questions. The first question is, if you could pick any skill set that you currently possess and turn it into a superpower. So any skill set you currently possess and turn it into a superpower, what might it be?
0: That's a good question. I always, uh, even just recently, always talk about my brother and I having wonder twin powers. So I think it's all mental, mental capacity, mental clarity, and uh, really have, having good, intuitive thoughts. Hmm. Um, listening, there is a wise, wise woman who's a very good friend of mine that said, listen to your inside voice. So it's that, that critical, intuitive thinking.
1: Have you always had that?
0: I strive to have that. Yeah. I keep trying to develop that more and more.
1: What do you do to develop it?
0: Well, it's really good listening to your first inside voice, your first thought. Usually, it's the right thought. Is it like that's I found anyway? I mean,
1: kind of like <laughs> similar to when you're taking a test and you trust your go with your first answer kind of thing. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Yeah? pretty much.
1: So, how can entrepreneurs, like let's say they're in a business meeting
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they're they're presenting, and someone gives them some feedback or or something uh, along those lines that they're not necessarily jiving with, like what what's the sensation? What should they look for? in that first thought.
0: I just think for sticking with your gut instincts, right? Your gut instincts, they've never steered me wrong. Hmm. So if somebody's giving me some critical advice, I like to listen as much as possible. And I like to write a ton of stuff down. I came here with some notes. I like to write (laughs) things down. And then I really like to think about them before I give an answer. Um, But really kind of sticking with your gut. I I think for sure, your passion, your gut, your inside voice, yeah kind of.
1: So when you say you... You listen and then you think about it. Like is it just like a momentary pause?
0: It could be. It could be a day, it could be a weekend. Okay. You know, it could be. Um, I I like saying, you know, I'll get back to you on that and yeah. really thinking about it instead of hastily answering, doing some homework. You know, I do a lot of homework. You did your homework I today. I so yes. I we'll like find to do. out in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> I like to do mine.
1: Yeah. Well, the the it's interesting, like you, you mentioned the word pause. And I've been thinking a lot about that today about the importance of pausing in fact I almost got in a car accident this afternoon Thanks. at lunch because I was rushing and there I had no need to rush right I was just rushing because I felt like I need I was going someplace real quick and I needed to get back to where I was coming from real quick but who said I needed to be that way right just it was my own pressure and we put that pressure on ourselves Every day, as as entrepreneurs, or even in any form of relationship, be it business or personal, people can wait twenty four hours before you reply to that email.
0: Oh, absolutely! You know, sometimes they're better. Yeah. They're a better answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I gives mean, you some time. It
1: it's, it takes discipline though today. It
0: totally does because everybody wants an answer back. Yeah. An attorney talked to me one time and said, "You don't have to answer that back." This moment yeah and she's totally right yeah totally right
1: yeah it's 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 hard and it, it's something that we all need to do better and, and one of the things i do is i when i get home i stick my phone in my room i try to
0: uh-huh
1: and and leave it there
0: uh-huh like, so you can you know, engage with so your I family engage with the family there. and not yeah. check
1: email uh-huh. i do have a hard and fast rule where i don't re- reply to email after nine o'clock so that i'm just present you know well
0: that's good so now i have a semi-adult children 17 and 16 so if they're in the room studying um, then i go back into my office and, and i'll be at fault and answering yeah, emails yeah, yeah. up until late but, but it's
1: hard it's hard though i mean like it, and it's part of this whole social media addiction where we post something or we send something and we want immediate feedback you know like right. we post it we send it and then five seconds later we're like did somebody like it yet Oh
0: Yeah, I don't think that for, well, I do think that with regard to social media, but with regard to answering an email, sometimes in the evening, when you take that moment to really pause and think, you have better clarity, I think Mm -hmm. better, better mental clarity to really kind of think about it and, and get a, give a positive response. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, it's all in that pause though, and, and not rushing and pausing and taking that breath thinking about your response that's the game changer that could be we were talking before this, we went live on the show we were talking about choices right. and the impact of your choices and you know if i go hang out with these people what's going to happen and if i go hang out with these people what's going to happen it's the same thing right. if i respond right now in haste because you know i didn't like what that person said what is potentially going to happen
0: So don't get me wrong. I'm a a quick mover also. So I take pause sometimes to answer some things back, but I'm very um, planned. So I really like strategy. I really like planning for strategy. Mm -hmm. And then I like moving on it. Mm -hmm. And sure, everything flows. But as long as that, you know, you take that time to build that strategy, then you can move much faster. So if I had people that were my team here. Yeah my team would laugh right now when you're like, do you take pause? Are you freaking kidding me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) When is the right time to take action? So like, you you, you like to plan, you like strategy, but you like to move. So when do you know it's the right time to move?
0: I'll take probably too long. Sometimes planning, I I say all the time, fail to plan, plan to fail. So if you take that, and I don't know whose quote that is, but it's somebody's. Somebody's. Right? So, um. If you take that proper time to actually plan, uh, you can move fairly quickly. It's mm-hmm. a roadmap. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. there, I, there's one thing if you say, like, I want to get from Santa Cruz to Florida. Mm-hmm. You were talking about something earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, you can go any way. But if you want to get there, like, you can go the tree and sea route if that's what you plan. But if you just want to get there, you get on the 10 and, and you move. Yeah. And so, right. with regard to business, I tend to just want to move. And… Uh, and the best way to do that is plan.
1: Do you think that there's ever a time to, you know, shoot first and aim later?
0: <laughs> Sometimes, but not often. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have you ever had an experience where you've shot first and aimed later?
0: Uh, Probably in my earlier days yeah. at some things. Yeah. What did you learn? Uh, not to shoot first and aim <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, you know, it's... It, <laughs> I know that coaching is is important to you. You've, you've surrounded yourself with a lot of great people in your mm-hmm. career, other CEOs, other entrepreneurs. Can you tell us a story about maybe a mentor that you've had in your life who has impacted you either personally or professionally?
0: Hmm. Good question. There's a few people that I look from... Um, a Distance one of them, and I'm just drawing a blank, and you can help me with their name. The um, woman that you had on your show earlier from Cliff Bar just dropped, oh, Cheryl
1: O'Loughlin, yeah, yeah, Cheryl
0: O'Loughlin, right? Yeah, awesome person. Yeah. So I like her stories. So I'll read different things on, on different people, and if I like their stories, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a bunch of people, I was on the Vistage, you know, had a Vistage group, and there was a lot of people there that um, really. I think, helped everyone out. But there was one woman in particular that I was in a group for a short, short period of time. And I was involved. I was consulting sort of at a time. And I wasn't quite sure if it was a good fit for me. And I was kind of explaining the stories. And she was awesome. And uh, one of the first women, women at a college, just a, she was a first at so many things. And she was in her 70s. Loved her. And as I was walking to my car, she stopped me and said, um, if you're gonna spend so much time on this and you don't think it's a good fit, when the good fit comes around, you won't be available for it. Ooh. And so that was a that was uh, you know, a showstopper for me. Hmm. Um it really, really made sense. And hmm. um it was helpful, really helpful.
1: Yeah, you know, and and if you don't plan, you you're not gonna have the capacity to recognize when a good thing comes along. Right. Which so is, that's
0: scary, yeah, right? So right. If, you, if you're like, oh, gosh, you know, I have kids to feed and, you know, college for them right around the pike. And so you're looking at all those things and, and you want to be present for your family and, right. and all those things. They, it, it, everything affects everything. Yeah. And so one uh, of my
1: earlier guests on the show said, said it a little bit differently. He said you had to say no to good things. So you had the capacity to say yes to great things.
0: Oh, Absolutely. Which is kind and that's of the same. Well, exactly what she's saying. You know, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. Because I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just if it's not the right fit, you have to have the capacity to take the next best step toward what is the right thing.
0: So the fit wasn't good, but I never look at that experience as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I really look at that experience as a good thing because it opened the door so much mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah,
1: it's only what you do with that information,
0: right? Yeah. Right. And so I think, you know, the things that have helped me the most is staying positive. I'm a firm believer that the right thing will come along. Sometimes situations that are challenging,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But those challenges, the outcomes sometimes are just brilliant. Yeah. And you're so pleased.
1: Yeah. Like, and we'll get into the power of positive thinking because I, I know from the conversations that you and I have had over the past few years, that that's a very important Part of your life and has helped carry you through some big challenges. Sure, but I want to get some facts that I, I researched some things on Google in preparation for <laughs> our uh, our conversation today, and I discovered that one of your first jobs was as a deckhand on a ship out of Newport, Rhode Island, and so you know that's some hard labor, and I, I would you know I would not have envisioned. <laughs> You as being a deckhand in, in the cold seas of Newport, Rhode Island. But I'd love to figure out the backstory behind that. How did you get into that? Maybe what, what are some of the lessons that you learned during that job that you still carry with you?
0: That was a great job. It, it, definitely entertaining. So I lived in Santa Cruz and I uh, had stopped working with a boyfriend of mine and wanted to move away. So I decided to move as far away as I could, That's which was far. Florida. Florida. And so when I moved to Florida, I ended up working, um, meeting a friend of mine who's still a friend, a great friend, who's a captain of a boat. And it was his wife that said, I think you'd be a perfect fit for this. We're going to go take that. We're going to work on this boat and do all this stuff. And it was great. So it was a tall ship, actually. Um, It was owned by Johnson & Johnson. we led the Newport, Rhode Island Tall Ship Parade. And uh, it was a great experience. Wow. Yeah.
1: What did you do as a deckhand?
0: We did everything. We were we'd have to accommodate guests, so people would rent the boat. Okay. At that point in time, it was like ridiculous forty thousand dollars an hour at that time. Uh huh. And so there was a lot of different corporations and whatnot that would rent the boat to um, actually a lot of like the Salvation Army and Goodwill mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Who would try to get donors to mm-hmm. um, you know entertain them to to donate to their right. cause. A lot of that, but then a lot of, you know, private parties as well. And I was, uh...
1: So as a deckhand, it's a very service-oriented job and, and labor and not a lot of, of uh, you know, recognition or gratitude tossed your way. So how did you deal with that? And what are some of the lessons that you learned about, about appreciation and hard work and service that you still carry with you?
0: Mm, it was humbling for sure. Especially when you you got in people that had, you know, that were pretty well off, and it was a really a good lesson on how to treat people.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah, because there were some people that treated you so kindly,
1: yeah, and then
0: other people not so much.
1: Is there anyone that sticks to mind? Is there a particular character in that story that that you can recall that treated you with kindness that you still remember?
0: Opposite. Opposite. Yeah. Okay. There was a guy that was um, it was during. <laughs> A Fourth of July thing in the a party in the Hudson, and he was just so incredibly rude on almost every level that uh, it was just hard to deal with. So you just knew. Just I can't even go through the stories, but
1: <laughs> but it's amazing those 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 moments. They they stick with you. They're burned into your memory, and it's a reminder of how you're never going to treat anybody else that way.
0: Correct. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Now you're a serial entrepreneur. You've you've run multiple businesses in the lifestyle active aware space. Can you tell us why you decided to be an entrepreneur and what the impact moment was that launched you on the journey as an entrepreneur?
0: It just sort of happened. You know, I've always assumed leadership roles from as, you know, young as fifth grade, I think. We would have a trip to Disneyland, okay, this is how we're gonna fundraise woohoo, you know things like that, and uh it just evolved it's, I think it's just you know intuitive of who I am
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it wasn't wasn't anything planned by any means, but just that was just the direction and mode I took
1: and did you ever work for a corporation?
0: um briefly with consulting things, yeah. but not like just so small, but no I've always. On the other side of the desk,
1: so you were unemployable, and you know, yeah, in a sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> now, you had a surf company before sessions, right?
0: Uh, my boyfriend actually had a surf shop, and okay. so he and I worked together at okay. that, and it was a great uh experience. And my stepdad actually, a lot of people don't know that my stepdad actually had it before he did, okay, and so it was near and dear to our family's heart, too, mm. and so um. We did that for years. And yeah. then I did a little stint on the boat for a little while and then came back and had a sign company, um, a point of purchase display company. We built trade show booths and, and signs for the action sports industry as well. And then from that, I went into a skate and snowboard business. And then from that, I went into a sock business.
1: Yeah. So you, it, it's amazing. Like one of the companies that you were president of was sessions which was the the skate and snowboard right the company which is still one of my favorite brands to to this day uh-huh. i still have a bunch of sessions gear
0: probably have more than i do yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was it like building that company
0: oh that was a it, that was a, talk about remaining positive um at the onset of everything trying to build uh, outerwear in particular so you you build your line and you design your line but then you have to fund your line, right? So you need the funding to make sure that you can build the production aspect of it, get the finished product and 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 sell it. And so you, you generally have to go and get a line of credit for that. So going into bank after bank after bank, asking for a line of credit for the snowboard industry, which at that point you couldn't even snowboard down a, at a resort. Mm. And so, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's just a fad. So challenge of, of that of a, of a really brand new sport hmm. you know and then moving forward as it flourished years later um it was it was really a great ride a yeah. great ride
1: yeah that was when did you take over when did you step in there
0: uh, like nineteen eighty nine ish. Okay. Yeah, eighty seven, eighty nine. I can't remember the exact
1: year. So it was kind of like the same thing. People didn't believe that the internet was going to exactly stick same and,
0: thing. You know, I can remember uh, no emails and faxes and you know things yeah, like that. So. Yeah.
1: And so you led this company as president, and then the financial crisis knocked a ton of people off their socks. Which is, I didn't not I did not realize that I uh, had typed in. Off their socks. Oh, that's in funny. This question. Yeah, you're all You're not, not listening. I mean, you don't know this yet, people. But she now runs a sock company. But so anyway, the, the financial <laughs> crisis it did knock people off their socks. But but times like those often end up being the beginning of stories of great personal growth and comebacks, full of lessons and opportunities. It's obviously a challenging time with a lot of hard uh, memories and scars. But what was the most surprising thing? You learned about yourself during that process?
0: So I think one of the biggest impacts of our company was during 9-11. I can remember that vividly. We had a team that had come um, just to kind of do an overview of the brand. And they had come in from all over, uh, specifically had flown in on the 10th and then 9-11 hit. So they were in Santa Cruz and couldn't, excuse me, they couldn't leave. We had no idea of Really, what was going on? Because we were in a meeting all day. Then, when we realized what was going on, we we're like, "Oh my gosh!" Because a book of our snowwear ships start ship, shipping um, September first. So September eleventh, we're in the heat of shipping our product, and with that, nobody wanted to get on a plane. So you can think of all the resorts, Vale and Aspen, and you know Tahoe. People that normally would fly out to um, resorts weren't getting on a plane and flying. So you had a lot of product that sat for years. But before that, really before people started canceling, because it started canceling really quickly, um, is really, I was surprised at the amount of um, teamwork that went on within our company. Because we're like, okay, we've got to ship out everything that we can right now to avoid any other problems and and really, everybody worked around the clock and so incredibly well together. Mm. Um, and and they made it fun. You know, they knew that there was challenging times in the world at that point, but still, we still tried to make that moment um, as positive and fun. I don't I don't want to keep repeating positive. But it really was it was a, it was a bad but very good experience.
1: Yeah, you had nothing else to do but try to make the best out try of to a make terrible the terrible thing.
0: Best of the bulk of your product is in the bulk of everything is shipping and every store around the country is just canceling canceling can- canceling so um yeah it was a really it was a difficult time for our brand really a difficult time and then you rolled into a huge global financial crisis just as you kind of got a little bit of air and we had we had business in as an example in Argentina and business in Greece and business in Iceland and those countries pretty much went bankrupt, mm. you know, so a whole entire countries. So, and for a, a, a company as small as Sessions, that really had a, a massive effect yeah. on us financially.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, a, you know, Sessions was a small company, but a, a great company with a great brand recognition and, and penetration in the overall market. And you've got 2011, uh, 2001 happening where you've got the, tra- you know, obviously the the tragic Incident of nine eleven, and then the tragedy of your sh- your shipment not being distributed out in a timely fashion, and then fast forward, you've got the financial crisis and orders being canceled again. How important was community throughout this whole time? You know, we're here. We are in Santa Cruz. You know, we're in, we're in this small beach town, but you're a global brand, and. You represent not only Sessions, but you're also in, involved in the uh, at a high level in the associations of that industry. So how important was community and, and rallying people around yourself and the industry at that time?
0: Really important. I, I actually pride myself on listening to a lot of people. I, you had mentioned earlier that I'd like to surround myself with some people, and I really, really do. And I, there was a lot of people that were super helpful to me at that time some of the suggestions worked on paper and some of them didn't work on paper, but really listening to what they, they were bringing to the table on different solutions were super helpful, incredibly helpful. So the community um, and the network that we had, I think was very beneficial to us, which we were able to turn things around enough to um, sell our company. And we sold our company to a public Japanese company, Mm -hmm. which worked out well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Was there a, a way that the community came through in a surprising fashion?
0: Um, uh, the community of leaders, for sure. You know, did, I'm not just talking about Santa Cruz in particular, but Bay Area people. Right. Um, and I think that uh, the Bay Area people, they brought a ton
1: to mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. really. What's an example? What's, what's a, what was something that surprised you about how that community rallied together?
0: Um, there's some people that came in and infused money which was amazing and super helpful at the time. Incredibly helpful. Believed in us and believed in the brand. That was helpful. Um, There's some great leadership, um, you know, kind of mentoring uh, moments that I think were beneficial as well. But those are, those are the kind of the standouts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But people really kind of really rallied for us, which was
1: helpful. I love it. Community is critical when you're doing well, when you're thriving, and it's, cri- it's even more critical when you face adversity and and have hard challenges because we're we can be stretcher bearers for each other and help each other get to the next level when we need
0: it. Right.
1: Yeah. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the Impact Entrepreneur told you to call. So, you know, it's hard enough when an entrepreneur to get their idea from out of their head and onto the ground and, and, and launch, let alone attempt to come back after facing some kind of adversity. So if you were coaching an entrepreneur right now who's been knocked on their butt, knocked off their socks, as we said earlier, <laughs> and they need to be picked up and need to pick themselves up and dust themselves off, what would you say to them? How would you coach them?
0: Believe in yourself. Believe in your passion. If you believe in your passion and you look at everything with a positive outlook, positive good things come out of it. Mm.
1: You know, when I was researching our conversation, I, I found another quote that, that you shared in the same article that I actually discovered where you were a deckhand. And the quote was, persistence trumps brilliance almost every time.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And I, where, did, where does that come from? I, I've never heard that quote before and i'd love for you to kind of unpack that mindset a little bit in terms of why persistence is so important and how people can develop right. the persistence muscle like like don't just take no for an answer
0: so it's about what i said earlier about finding the cracks right there is opportunity you just have to find them so and you can go back to the snowboard days where everybody was saying oh no i'm not going to give you a line of credit credit isn't the snowboard industry just a fad you know it wasn't even an industry at that mm-hmm. time, Like, but it was finally on a McDonald's commercial, so then everybody was like, "Woohoo!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think if you need persistently go and you get the feedback, hey, I'd like to get a line of credit. Well, you can't have one right now. This is what you need. Okay, you sharpen your pencil, you figure out what you need, you go back. Um, and just being persistent and resilient to those things, not taking them personally, uh, I think it's just... Helpful to move forward. You got to keep moving forward, and I, you you know water off a duck's back. Yeah, you has got to not take anything personally.
1: Yeah, I just um, interviewed a guy named Jason Kotecki, and and he his episode aired a, a few weeks ago. But one of the things he talked about was Bob Ross. You remember that Afro painter guy, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And he'd be on PBS and he'd be painting something, and he right. would make a mistake, and he'd say, "Oh, it's it's not a I mean, he didn't call it a mistake." He called it a happy accident. Right. You know? <laughs> and how powerful is that if we looked at our failures or our setbacks as happy accidents that created space for us to go do something even better?
0: So I call that transitions. Like if you mm-hmm. look at these things in you know, a kind of a you go through all these transitions, as long as you're learning and growing through through that, again. It, it brings so many rewards to you. I have another thing. I always have quotes. <laughs> I have quotes in my socks too, because I'm such a freak like that. But Wait, it's like quotes
1: in your socks? Yeah,
0: in the inside. Oh in no way, cup. really? Yeah. Oh. Because those those little positive things, I think, go such a long way. So, um, you know, if you want to get something, I think it's if you want to get something, give it. So if you want an honest day's worth of work, give it. If you want to treat, you know, if you want kindness from something, give it. If you want to, you know, I know we were going to talk about something earlier. You want to make a brother better, give it. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you can and and give what you can. And if you want those things, you you've got to give it. And if you want a positive at- outlook, you got to give it. You got to mm-hmm. show up to the table prepared and um, ready to to give what you want.
1: Well, I mean, you mentioned your brother and 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 now would be a great time to tell that story because you literally took that quote and you made it real when you're with your brother who was needed some help physically. Right. And you offered your kidney. Right. You ultimately <laughs> you you made, you know, a pretty significant sacrifice. And what was that like for you? Like what was the whole entire like process? from the moment that you found out that you that he needed a kidney to the f- moment you found out you were a match and and then the surgery and and now the recovery because there's a whole cycle of emotions around that.
0: Right. So I mentioned earlier that I always thought my brother and I had wonder twin powers and we're not twins, but we we always thought we had these great powers. And he, my brother's a great person. I love him. He's just uh couldn't couldn't have a better better brother. And he got really sick with an autoimmune disease. He pretty much won the lottery in the autoimmune, autoimmune disease department. And with that, after a couple episodes, uh, we found out that his kidneys were failing. And there was never a second guess, I guess, in my mind. Uh, just something that he needed something. I did a little bit of research. Uh, I could live comfortably and fine without it. And um, it was never a second thought, I guess. So... Um, You want something. In this case, I wanted my brother to be better, and so I gave it. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's really that simple.
1: And what's it been like since? Like, How is it like, now that you've lived that quote out, you wanted something, and you so you gave it, and how are you feeling now?
0: Um, It was, uh, again, persistence. So several things came to the table. Um, You know, you know, you, you can't donate a kidney for a plethora of reasons, and then having to go back and challenge those reasons And then coming back to the table and saying, okay, I'll go through this hoop to make sure that this hoop can be recognized. Hmm. And um, yeah, I was just persistently going back um, and forth to the table to even be allowed to donate it. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So that was a little uh, hard for us, but Mm -hmm. there was never a moment that I didn't think I could do it. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't think that whatever they were telling me was... Right. I know yeah. that sounds funny because yeah. they're Stanford doctors, right? right? Yeah. So, um, you know, just challenging those things and being an advocate and, um, you know, doing it the best way that you can with a smile on your face and saying, here's what I think. Can you check this way now? Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally being able to do it was a great thing. And the outcome is uh, seeing my brother. Yeah. You know, my brother's doing great. Yeah. So, uh,
1: and you're being persistent in the desire to give. Correct. Right, which is it's different than being persistent in a diet and a de- desire to take from somebody. Right. You know? Which there's a lot of ripoff artists in business and in the entrepreneurial world today that are persistent in trying to take your money.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, you look at different things and additional testing and things of that nature, and you know, really, you've got to stand up for yourself and uh, stand up for whoever you're advocating for, and and that goes across everything in life, mm-hmm. I think.
1: You're an optimistic person. Try and, to be, and uh, not
0: always, but try. <laughs> but I mean, you've
1: since I've known you, you've had a general, generally optimistic outlook about life and and opportunity. And I'd love to. Did you learn that? I mean, is that is that just a skill? Is that a choice that you made to try to think that way, or were you brought up that way? Uh,
0: I'm. I was blessed with my family so it was my mom and my brother and i and my mom always taught me that i could do anything that i wanted to do and that if i failed at something just she'd always say brush her knees off and stand back up and try it again hmm. or go a different route you know but never to t- take it personally like i said before so i think that benefits me as as who i am
1: mm-hmm. was she was she an
0: entrepreneur she owns her own business yes Really? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Oh, no way. What, yeah. What's her business?
0: She has a sports bar.
1: Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Where?
0: I'm In SoCal. Okay. Yeah. Which one? JJ's Saloon.
1: JJ's just celebrated 30 years. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. That's right. That's my no mom. No way. Yeah. Wow. My mom and my
0: brother.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. crazy. That's awesome. A little Santa Cruz uh, yeah. history there, folks. Yeah. So I interviewed Ken Kanepin recently, and he said, if I had a secret, he was talking about himself, if I had a secret, it is being open-minded. And when you understand the problem, the solutions come to you. So we've talked about how being open-minded and and taking on adversity and leaving room and space for the opportunity to arise. How do you approach that? And how has that open-mindedness and looking at the world with a a different uh, set of uh, glasses Helped you understand problems or identify problems and then bring solutions to the world, including cool socks? (laughs)
0: Uh, I had a different way of doing business um, with the snowboard and skateboard brand than I do with Merge 4. And Merge 4 is really working together with people, like really working as a team. And your friends and your family and your siblings, those are the best teammates that you can have. And um, I think people work stronger together as a team. Uh, and so if you get everybody together and you have this great idea and everybody's got buy-in and, and they know that their voice is being heard, there, there's no better way. So I think you can be really successful when you act together. When you act individually, it's a whole lot harder, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if you act together as a group, um, it's there's not much you can't do. So right? when you
1: decided to launch this sock company… right? You know, I mean, socks. I mean, you know, it, I, there's white socks and there's black socks, but you guys make really cool socks. I mean, what, obviously, you had experience in the merchandise world and you knew how to manufacture and you had relationships, but what enticed you to enter into this, this industry? I mean, it's, it's, it's different. And, you know, it's kind of a trend right now where there's cool socks happening, but like, it's not, snowboarding and it's not snow gear. It's not, you know, snowboards. There's not, you know, you don't think about sponsorships and endorsements and all, but you're making, taking a whole new uh, approach to this business.
0: Right. So I had a, a little, maybe four or five months where I could actually think of what I wanted to do. And during that time, I went to Tahoe with my son and he wanted to go to dinner and he'd been kick flipping on a skateboard so much that he blew his shoes and socks out just in one side. So he was like, let's go to dinner. You can't go in those shoes or socks. We went to the sock shop in Tahoe and uh, there were some socks there. I'm like, oh my gosh, these are kind of cool. And I bought them. My son goes, I don't know why you're buying those. They have giant stuff all over it. You don't even like, you know, sports for the most (laughs) part. No, I do, but I don't know why. So I just bought them and I kept looking at them and I have a huge, um, not a huge, but a a good size skateboard contest every year um, with the Tim Brosh Foundation Mm -hmm. And there's a great guy there. Um, It's funny. His name is Mofo. His nickname is Mofo. And uh, he's got some iconic prints that um, he had a lot to do with Thrasher magazine, the skateboard magazine for years. He's got some iconic prints of a, a lot of awesome people. And I thought, oh my gosh, I wonder if you put those prints and you'd added art to it and you can make this sock like this. And then you could add elements that were a little bit more innovative. Um, that's what, um, you know, we, we did a lot of innovation at the brand I had before. So if you added a little more things that you could do in outerwear and you added that into sock, you could really, can really create something special.
1: Describe that creative process. Cause I, I just, I don't have a, I'm not a, I'm not a creative, I am a creative person, but I'm not like an artist and I don't have like an eye for like seeing things like that. So, how do you create the canvas, so to speak?
0: Uh, well, there was somebody doing some great socks. And there was really one, one company in the action sports industry that was doing some great socks. And so unusual that, that there's just, like, can you imagine one skateboard deck or one board short brand? I mean, there's so many companies. So, um, so they kind of led the way, which was, which was great. But I think that when you, uh, you know, you can bring in art and you can bring in, it's great to have a vision because you can bring in amazing athletes and amazing artists and amazing musicians and pull all these things together and come out with some pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if you have the same vision of, you know, with the art people that you're working with, in this case, I work with Keith Meek and we say the same things almost, we can complete each other's sentences. We think a lot alike. Um, there's times that we don't, but I appreciate that too. Um, But, you know, when you have that same vision, it's really easy to come up with a product. So for me, I wanted to make sure the sock itself was functional and innovative. And um, that was really, really important to me. And I kept going back and back and back to get it to the point that I liked it. Mm. Um, And then I wanted to make sure that the art on it was um, exceptional. I think Keith's an exceptional artist. And
1: the art is exceptional. Yeah, so... You have all of these great you have all of these great relationships. And there's a lot of people that have ideas, but they don't have the relationships yet. How would they go about building those relationships and asking for collaboration without risking it all?
0: I think what I said earlier is if you bring your family in and your friends in and your siblings in, that's a great foundation right there. Mm-hmm. And so, um you know that's what really what i how I started just mm-hmm. with that that groundwork of the friends and family and and siblings you know that mm. that really really helps, and then from there, it kind of goes from it kind of spreads like wildfire,
1: yeah, because you get like social proof and people sporting it and and right? and representing it, and people want those socks. Where did you get those socks?
0: yeah, you know when people like large athletes start calling you you've got. You've got oh, something oh, nice. going, good going on. Nice. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: What would be ways people should not pick partners?
0: At times, maybe um, your husband or wife, your spouse. It's mm-hmm. a little hard. And um, I say that because it's hard to shut down at night. Mm-hmm. So you probably putting your phone away and, and engaging with your family and not turning on That's probably really good for you. Mm-hmm. But I say those are a little bit harder, but... You know the naysayers, the the people that are are I can't or that can't be done. Mm-hmm. Those are people that I don't I I don't have time for actually. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you let's say you get into a a business relationship with someone, you share an idea, mm-hmm. and but then like you're you know a year two three years down the down the road, and suddenly that person starts to become that naysayer and the it can't be done that way. And and they, they're not on the same optimism train as you. How do you wind that down?
0: You definitely got to You've got to end that relationship. It's kind of like that woman, mm-hmm. right? So somebody's got to end it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. just got to pull the trigger. You got to pull the trigger. Somebody's got to pull the trigger because both of you know that it's just not working.
1: Right. Yeah. And so is that? Do you just bring it up? I mean, how do you how do you approach something like
0: that? I'm pretty transparent. I'm yeah. a pretty pretty transparent person. So. You know, and that's important to me. I do that throughout my whole business. So so merge four is a B Corp too. Um, I don't know if you know anything about mm. B corporations, but they're um you have to it's you have to go through a series of kind of tests and and um kind of commit not kind of but totally commit to doing business for good. It's a transparent oh, wow. uh Kind of guideline but there's a lot of amazing brands that are b corps so, um, patagonia is one hmm. um, clean canteens another etsy's another and so it's really using your 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 business for for good mm-hmm. making sure that you're environmentally you're doing the right things you're giving back to your employees you're giving back to your community hmm. all those things and so, i think when you do those things again you get you get it yeah, back
1: you get back because you're 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 giving and there's yeah. this old Zig Ziglar quote, which I'm going to ruin probably, but it says like, you can have anything you want as long as you help everybody else get what they want right. in life. You know? It's true. And it's, it's totally true. And and one of the guests on my show at the very beginning, uh, over a year ago is a guy named Bob Berg who wrote a book called the go giver. And it's all about giving and and, see- and seeking to provide value to others first and putting others before yourself. And that's the whole mission of this show. Really, there's two missions of the show, and the first and most important is to help people believe that they have the potential, that they can encounter their own greatness and, and do great things. And the teachers are, are my guests on the show, people like you, who are normal people, who are doing great things, who have encountered their potential and answered that call and are now using their platform to have that impact in, in the lives of others, whether it's a B-school business or whatever. Right. But they're, they're doing it. They're other-oriented. And so is there an actual social mission behind?
0: Absolutely. Oh, the what B is Corporation? It? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, if you get online to, um, I think it's bcorp.com. It, so you have to, um, in your articles in, of incorporation, really put everything that mm. they align with in your articles of incorporation. Hmm. So it's it's really doing business for good.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, with with Merge 4, do you guys have a specific social uh, mission? Like, you know, Tom's, they don't, they... So, yeah, we do. We're you.
0: aligning right now okay. with Lucille Packard's Children's Hospital. Oh, wow. Specifically in the transplant department. Ironic. Oh, oh awesome. <laughs> so we know that a little firsthand. Yeah. So we're doing that with them um, and providing socks to teens in particular. Because a lot of times the teens get forgotten at hospitals. And so people that are in there for extended care, cancer, transplant, things like that, we're providing socks mm. for that. And then we're also providing, you know, once a year right now, we are um, making the time to go in with athletes and, and um, different artists and, and meet up with the kids there. Mm. Yeah.
1: You know, before we wrap up, and I, have, I have a few more questions, but I just wanted to take a moment to, to acknowledge your generosity uh because you know i would reach out to you over the la- over the last few years hey let's get to coffee and connect and i have ideas i want to run by you and you would always say yes and you would mm. you would make time and time is the only resource that we can't reproduce right and you know there's very few people in the world today that are generous with their time and and i just wanted to take a minute to say thank you to you oh, for your you. time and for also being on the show today and and sharing your story and your comeback and that you're mounting and the impact that you're having in the world, let alone just here in our small community of Santa Cruz. But uh, you are a great woman and an awesome entrepreneur. And I'm thrilled to see where Merge 4 goes and the impact that you have on people's feet worldwide. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, if someone were to write a biography of, about you, what would be the most surprising thing readers would learn? Oh, no. <laughs> it could be shocking also.
0: It's something so silly. I mean, this the, I'd, I'd probably say I'm not an easy mom, probably. Oh, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty strict mom. Okay. So people would assume that me being in the action sport industry that I'm probably a little bit more flexible. I am flexible in some things. I don't care if my kid has a mohawk or, you know, colored hair or something like that. But, i have you know, they've got to get their schoolwork done and they've got to live up to the responsibilities and they've got to give back and contribute. Mm. So
1: why is that discipline important to you for your kids?
0: Super important that they give back in particular. I know this, I don't mean this to be the theme, but it's just important. They're so blessed with what they have. They really are. My daughter just went on a trip to India and um, came back and goes, Oh my gosh. You know, she's, she's, she knows how blessed she is. Like there's just,
1: well, you, you know, you, you just gave me the idea for this, the, the the title of this episode it's going to be give back to come back.
0: Oh, that's funny. It's good. I'm yeah, serious. yeah. I mean, it's is, it's yeah. real. I
1: mean, it, yeah. It's it's so true. You know, I mean, and and what you're doing and teaching your kids by being a strict or, or a uh, disciplinarian type of a parent is you're equipping them with the ability to make right choices, which will provide them with the freedom to do things in life because they have that discipline. Right. To, to get things done. Right. And it will create the ability for them to have an impact and to give back and to play sports and to do all these things. So you're you're a good mom. You're a great mom.
0: <laughs> I want them to be able to enjoy what they want to do for their career because mm-hmm. that just makes such a huge difference in your life, I mm-hmm. think. I love my job. I love the people that I'm working with. Right now, the people I'm working with are awesome. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't be more blessed in that department, for sure. That's it's awesome. a fun environment. We're dealing with on people i mean when you're when you're dealing with characters like we man and yeah
1: you know i just saw like, a video with him uh, talking about merch for on facebook oh that's great yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: that way you're dealing with people like that they're so into it they yeah. just love it and so you have to love it you walk away with a, a sense of pride and and um you know it's just so happy and fun and not that it, there's not hard days because there are mm-hmm. you know but for, for the most part, it's, it's great to love your job, and I love mm. my job.
1: If you could only pick one thing for people to remember from our conversation, what would it be?
0: Just to give back, you know? In order to get it, you got to give it.
1: <laughs> I love it. Cindy, thank you so much for joining us on the Impact Entrepreneur Show tonight. You got to give back to come back, and this is going to be a really powerful episode and a ton of information for people to go and apply immediately in terms of how they can come back in their own life, and their relationships, and in their business.
0: Perfect. Thanks Thank for having me. I Absolutely. appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for the socks.
0: Yeah, of course. My pleasure.
1: Don't forget about the amazing gifts I have for you, the Clarity of Purpose scorecard and the six bridges to personal growth and well-being. Head over to theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash scorecard and download those resources today. Cindy, You are a legend and you are more generous than I could possibly ask for or imagine. I appreciate you and I know my audience appreciates you. And speaking of the audience, if you missed any of the key points, we've got you covered over at theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash 61. And while you're there, check out the Lawton Marketing Group and the Podcast Masters. We could not do this show without them. Last and certainly not least, you know what to do. Go Make an impact.